Praise God. Praise God. Hey, come on. Praise the Lord with me just for another minute. Father, we just thank you for today. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for today, God. We thank you for what you have for us. God, we thank you for your presence in this place. I ask right now in the name of Jesus for an unusual manifestation of the presence of the living God in this place today. I ask God for an unusual manifestation of the presence of the Holy Spirit in this house, God. Oh, we want to meet you and encounter you, God, in a fresh way. We want to hear what you are saying today in a fresh way. Give us fresh ears to hear what your spirit is saying today, God. Give us a fresh heart, God. Oh, to cherish your words. I say fertile soil, fertile soil for the seed of the word of God today in the name of Jesus. God, take us up higher. Take us deeper today in the mighty name of Jesus. I say never the same after today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I've come to stir up and provoke us today to another level. This church has been mantled and commissioned to contend for and to host the presence of the living God. And that's exactly what we're doing right now. Come on, we're putting a demand on heaven. We are coming with full faith and expectation today that we are going to meet with the living God. Well, at least I am. We didn't come to sit and have another nice service. We came to encounter the living God. We came for more of him and nothing else. I'm going to encourage you on the front end of this message today to let go of any preconceived ideas. My God, any preconceived ideas of what you thought was possible and to invite God to blow right past all of your expectations, all that you could ask, dream, or imagine because he is perfect in power and perfect in love. And I believe he has something special and something unique for every single one of us today. One, because he can, and two, because he's that good. I've come to provoke your hunger and desperation for more of God, to dig deeper and to push past every barrier or hindrance that the enemy may have tried to sneak in to try to get you to keep God at arm's length. I say today in the name of Jesus, they are being dismantled and destroyed in the presence of God. We need the living water now more than ever before. This city, this nation needs the living water now more than ever before. But this is not automatic. It doesn't come by casual seeking. Or sideline sitting, come on. This water is acquired through active pursuit due to a deep longing on the inside. I hope you're thirsty today, church. But wherever you find yourself today, there's a deeper place in the spirit that he is trying to woo his bride to in this hour. The Lord is wanting to send revival and times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord, but who on earth is thirsty enough to ask for the rain in the time of rain? Heaven is waiting. Heaven is waiting on the earth to respond. Ah, the great revivalist Leonard Ravenhill said it like this. He said, in Wales, there's a place in the hills where three or four young men, only 18 or 19, come on somebody, met and prayed night after night. They wouldn't let God go. They would not take no for an answer. Come on, they had a revival resolve. As far as humanly possible, they prayed a revival into birth. If you're thinking, still quoting, if you're thinking of revival at your church, 
without any inconvenience. Forget it. I'll say that one again. If you're thinking of having revival at your church without any inconvenience, forget it. Revival costs a lot. Still quoting, I can give you one simple reason why we don't have revival in America. It's because we are content to live without it. We're not seeking God. We're seeking after miracles. We're not, we're seeking big crusades. We're seeking blessings. But in Numbers 11, Moses said to God, you're asking me to carry a burden I can't handle. Do something or kill me. Do you love America enough to say, God, send revival or kill me? My God, do you think it's time we change Patrick Henry's prayer from give me liberty or give me death to give me revival or let me die? End quote. The title of my sermon and my exhortation for us today is Revival Ready. Revival Ready. God's been trying to get us revival ready. He's been trying to woo us and draw us closer to himself. He's been inviting us to partner with heaven and to call on the fire to fall again. He's been prompting us to petition the throne for him to pour out his spirit on all flesh just like he promised. Jesus is revival ready. The question is, are we? Is the church, is the church revival ready? In this house, we've seen what God can do. Come on, we've seen him move in power. Recently, we've seen him pour out bands of revival and awakening we've been praying for. But I came to remind us today, there is so much more. There's so much more. Now, this message is from a familiar passage of Scripture, but I want to urge you today, do not be so familiar with these words that you miss the fresh wind that the Spirit is trying to blow through it to us in this season. Because if we allow Him, He will do a new thing, and He will do a deeper thing in us today, the likes of which we've never seen before. I'm talking about 2 Chronicles 7.14, which gives us one of the most famous if-then promises of God. God said, if my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Praise God. I'm going to help somebody today. Please notice God did not say, if my pastors... (laughs) He did not say, if my specially anointed intercessors. (laughs) He said, if my people who are called by my name. So if you call yourself a Christian, if you claim to be a child of God, he's talking to you today. The instruction is for all of us. It's for everyone. It's all inclusive and no one is exempt. That means no one gets to pass the buck or let someone else carry it all for them. No, my friends, this is corporate. This is all hands on deck. This is everyone engaged. Everyone is given the same instruction. Everyone is given the same orders. There is oneness of posture and oneness of purpose. There is a tremendous power 
in agreement. There is a deep abiding unity in it. Why? Because that's where the anointing of God gets poured out. That's where the power and the anointing flows down. It's from that place of unity. So let's look at a few these key criteria we each must do in order to see the launching of the revival that the Lord is ready to ignite in our hearts and in this city. The first thing in terms of order, and I would even say probably importance today, is humility. Humility. Without this, nothing else really matters. Nothing else will get done. It's what opens the door for everything else to flow through and to get accomplished. And it's the first thing that God mentions his people must do in verse 14. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. God's people must humble themselves see humility is a heart posture but it has to be translated out into meaningful actions it has to be both he's going after the both we can't claim to be humble on the inside well bless god i'm humble just in my heart But we go around acting like an arrogant jerk all the time to everyone around us. Come on, that's not going to cut it. But we also, come on, we can't just go around doing a bunch of right things, doing all the things we know to do, but have some secret motive or hidden agenda that just wants to be seen or just wants to be noticed. He's coming after both. The heart posture and the action. To be humble means to go low. That means we must decrease so that he can increase. It means that we bend a knee to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Being humble means we choose to submit to his authority and to his will. Humility says, I say yes to your kingdom no matter what I feel. I say yes to your will no matter what it looks like. I say yes to your ways no matter what it costs me. That's why humility is so crucial to be revival ready. We have to be willing to be led by the Holy Spirit no matter where he leads. We have to be willing to die to ourselves, our thoughts, our plans, our agenda, and let the Holy Spirit come and do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, and however he wants to do it. See, it's not enough to just ask and pray for the Holy Spirit to come, although we should. We got to pray and ask for him to come. But then when he shows up, we actually have to step back and allow him to be Lord and move freely when he manifests in power. There are two and only two options. Either we will submit to the spirit or we will resist him. We'll submit to him or we'll resist him. And this is exactly what Stephen accused the council of in Acts 7.51. Ooh, talk about a stinging indictment. And the reason I think he got stoned. He said, you stiff-necked, stubborn people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you are always actively resisting the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but that takes some guts to stand up in front of that council and say that to their face. But that's what happens when you're filled with the Holy Ghost and wisdom. So what was the council representing here? Religion. Come on. Religion is always actively resisting the movement of the Holy Spirit. All it wants to do is to quench the fire of the Holy Ghost. It wants to oppose what? The new thing that God's doing. Because it likes the status quo. 
It likes being in control. It likes things just fine, just the way they are. The enemy of revival. So every place of religion that's in us, come on, has to be submitted to God. It has to be cast out. It has to be renounced. Why? So that the Holy Spirit can come and breathe new life and initiate a revival in us again and again and again. And again, come on, it's not a one-time thing. It's an ongoing process, layer by layer. Come on, in his great mercy, God will reveal another place, another attitude, another level that he needs to deal with in order for more glory and more presence and more fire to be allowed to come in. See, pride and religion love to walk hand in hand. Oh, yes, they do. They love to walk hand in hand. Pride and religion. There they go. There they go. Because pride says, pride says, I've got enough. But humility says, i got to have more. Pride says, that's not the way we do things around here. But humility says, Holy Spirit, have your way. Pride says, nah, I'm good. You know how many times people say that, not even thinking, but I'm like, come on, let's think about it. Let's think about it. Nah, I'm good. But humility says, only God is good. God, make me more like you. Here's the thing. God wants to move. He's ready to move. He wants to pour out. He wants to send revival. Come on, read your Bible. But revival is reserved for the humble. If we resist God, then God will resist us. James 4, 6 says clearly, he gives more grace. For this reason, it says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want God's resistance. I want God's grace. I don't want to be fighting against God and what God's trying to do. I want to play my part in helping his kingdom be established in our territory. I want to see Jesus lifted higher. I want to see the name of Jesus highly exalted. I want to see Houston look just like heaven. I want to see lives transformed. I want to see marriages healed. Prodigals come home. I want to see the spirit of God poured out without measure so that the earth can be covered with the glory of God. But I came to remind us today, only the humble will get to see it. And I'll tell you why. Because only the humble will actually pray for it until they see it. Only people who are humble will actually go to God and pray and ask and beg because they know I can't do it on my own. Without you, it's impossible. But with you, it's going to happen. Only the humble will continually seek his face. Here it is, everything else. Only the humble will make it a habit to be quick to repent and turn from their wicked ways. Only the humble will live their lives revival ready. My, my, my. The second thing there must be in order for us to become and remain revival ready is hunger. Hunger. Verse 14 goes on to say, and pray and seek my face, which is amazing. I love it, but I love how it says it in the amplified version. It gives a little more clarity to this saying. It says, and pray and seek, crave, require as a necessity my face. Ooh, crave. See, a craving is related to your hunger. A craving is directly tied to your appetite. What 
are you hungry for? What do you crave? What do you require as a necessity in your life? Remember, he said at the beginning, Leonard, love Leonard, he said, the reason why we don't see revival in America is because we're content to live without it. We're content. We're satisfied. We're already full. We're good. Again, that sounds just like pride and religion. It's totally killed the craving. It's totally killed the hunger. It's totally killed the desire and the appetite for the more of God. Again, this is a call to all God's people, everyone, to change our appetites, to crave more of him. When do you see more of God? When you actually start to crave and put a demand on more of God. That wasn't a trick question. <laughs> when do you see more of him? When you actually hunger and thirst and actually go and seek his face, that's when you're going to see more of him. <laughs> now, see, lots of people say, lots of people say they love God. Many claim to want revival. But you can tell who actually craves it who actually has an appetite for it because you can tell me all you want that you love barbecue i love barbecue i'm using this as an example because I, I love barbecue but you can use whatever you want fill in the blank you can say that you love barbecue all you want but unless you actually go to a barbecue restaurant guess what you're not gonna get it at least not good stuff you're not gonna get it you want barbecue? You got to go to the barbecue joint. Come on. My God. We can't be surprised if we say that we love the fire of God, but never go to the place where there's some fire. Look, I'll just say it because... It just needs to be said. You can totally miss me on saying you're a revivalist, that you love revival, that you're all about the fire, that all you want is to see God move in my generation. Oh, but where are you at on a Sunday morning? Are you even at a church? Ooh, are you even trying to contend with a company of people? Or maybe, oh, yes, I go to a church, but it's full of a bunch of dead, dry, religious traditions. There's not even a flicker of the Holy Ghost going on in there. How are you going to get the fire when there's no fire? How are you going to fan into flame a move of God that's going to sweep across this nation with people who actively oppose and resist and quench the fire of the Holy Ghost? It's not going to work. It's a deception. It's a deception. My God, I'm trying to help some people. Do not say you love the fire and you crave nothing but the Holy Ghost and you won't get in a Holy Ghost tongue-talking church and put your hand to the plow and actually pray the thing in. Ooh, Jesus. If you're hungry for something, you go where it is. If I'm hungry, my God, I'm not going down to Jiffy Lube. I don't need my oil changed. I need some food. I got to go where there's some food to get some food. My God. But we laugh. We laugh. But how many are deceived? How many are deceived into thinking, I can go to Jiffy Lube and get a feast, like a Thanksgiving feast is going to be ready for me when I, no, you're not. If you get anything, you're getting stale vending machine junk. All right, thank you, Holy Ghost. If you're desperate for something, you will pay whatever the price is. Again, again, 
don't tell me all I want is the fire all I want but you're not willing to pay the price you want to just put a couple quarters in a vending machine and have a nationwide revival I don't think so you gotta pay the price you gotta do what it takes you gotta pray it in ha pay the price there's a cost that's what he said that's what Leonard said it's a cost it's costly it's costly my God you don't go to Perry Steakhouse and expect to pay five dollars for a filet mignon no you go knowing I'm getting a filet mignon and I will gladly pay the price and I'll say this if you're craving something specific you will drive past 50 million other options because for you nothing else will do nothing else will do yes I will drive past 50 million dead religious churches to get to the one place where I know there's some fire Woo! I tell y'all, I'm fired up today. Shake it, hey! Change your spiritual appetite. Come on, I'm exhorting some people today. If you're listening to this, come on, just take it. Change your spiritual appetite. Change your spiritual taste buds. If you're not feeling that, I don't really know. I don't really change it. Change your taste buds. You can retrain your brain. You can retrain and make your flesh submit to the spirit of the living God. You may not like it at first why because it's making your flesh die it's making your flesh submit ah you spent your whole life telling your flesh yes 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 and then the spirit comes and he says no 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 jesus is king not you learn to love god more than anything in this world that's the thing we've got so many appetites for so many things in this world and that's what we end up chasing after but he's saying who is going to redirect who is going to rearrange who is going to change their appetites to say God I am sorry for running after all of this junk food in the spirit when I know you've got a filet me y'all waiting for me but I gotta go where it's at to get it I gotta pay the price that you said it is in order to get it how do you do that you say how do you do that make up your mind (laughs) make up your mind and keep making up your mind to do what to encounter him to encounter him Come on, religion says you can never actually meet with him. We're just going to talk about him. We're just going to talk around him. We're going to talk about stuff he did. He's not really here, like technically really here. But we can kind of talk about, yay, we can clap, be a fanboy for Jesus. We can do all that. But you can't have an encounter. Oh, no. We just go through all this religious charade. We just go through the religious circus. And everyone goes home the exact same way every time. And then we do it all again. And we do it all again. But the Holy Ghost said, I did didn't get released to have a religious circus I did not get sent to the earth to have church as usual I came to release the fire of the spirit of God thank you Holy Ghost thank you Holy Ghost hey Come on, you serve a living God. You serve a living God. My God, he's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's not a mild fire. He's a wild fire. Encounter him. Yes, you can encounter him and you must. You can and you must encounter him. You need a fresh impartation of his love. My God. You need a fresh impartation of his love. 
My God, if all you think is it's just a bunch of lists of do's and don'ts, it's no wonder why your heart's not in it. But once you recognize he's a person, he's a savior, and he loves you with a never-ending love, ah, and that his heart literally burns with an unquenchable fire for you, ah, you will have an encounter with his love and it will ignite some zeal ah yes yes oh yes oh yes zeal zeal religion hates zeal oh because it exposes how cold and lifeless and dead they really are oh it's so convicting when you have people that actually love god they don't just try to do things just enough to get by and maybe get to heaven if i do enough good things no that they actually love him they actually talk to him they actually have a relationship with him Hey, Shoko. Ooh, and they love him. They love him. Oh, so when revival's coming, what happens? People who had stepped away from their first love, oh, they wake up and they realize, what have I done? I got to get back to my first love. I got to get back to my passion, my zeal, my hunger. It will drive us. It will drive us to what? Do what you did at first. But there's another side. You need to have an encounter. You need the love of God, yes, first and foremost. But you also must, and this is the part people really don't like, you really do have to keep doing all of the right things and build good godly habits as well. Oh, my God. You need impartation encounter, yes, but you also need discipline. Discipline. Ooh, you got to retrain your brain to want the things of God. It takes discipline. Every, that means every single day I tell myself, ooh, you will praise the Lord. You will praise his holy name. It doesn't matter if you're tired. It doesn't matter if you feel like it. It doesn't matter if it literally looks like the world's on fire and everything's going to hell around you. He is still worthy. He is still holy. He is still worthy of a praise yes. Yes. every day every, day. every week every discipline yes. prayer yes. worship the word yes. crucifying the flesh yes. yes and building up your spirit man that's how you do it you have to starve the flesh and feed the spirit is it that simple yes is it hard to do in practice on your own absolutely but with the power of the holy spirit hey with the power of the holy spirit he will empower you and give you the grace yes he gives grace to the humble oh those who recognize i can't do it god help me I can't make it on my own. God, help me. Oh, Jesus, I need you to save me one more time. I did it again. Help me, Jesus. And he says, yep, here we go. One more time. Let's pick you back up, dust you off, and send you on your way. Do it again. Next time, starve the flesh and feed the spirit instead. Come on, he's so good. He's so good. Hunger and thirst, hunger and thirst for more of him. What's he saying? Jeremiah 29, 13. This is what God said. With a deep longing, you will seek me and require me. There it is again. As a vital necessity. That's what he wants us to do. He wants us to require him. He wants us to crave his presence. He wants us to put a demand on being in his presence. Because you will find me when you search for me with 100% with 100% ah, all your heart because here it is hunger only the hungry will keep asking only the hungry will keep seeking only the hungry will keep knocking my god when you're hungry and you go to a place and it's locked you just say oh oh well i guess i'll just go home you're like no i'm banging on the door hey anybody in there can you open up for me no i'll go next door i'll start banging hey Hey, are you open? I need some food. You're not just going to go home. You're going to keep knocking until you find something. Now watch this. Only the hungry will keep coming back for more. 
Whenever you see someone like a Thanksgiving or something, and they, you know, you already know, they come in for seconds. You already know. They're coming. Who is that that's coming back for seconds? Who is that that's coming for thirds? It's not for someone that's full. It's not for someone that's satisfied. It's not for someone that doesn't have an appetite for the food. No, it's come one who has an appetite for more. It's someone that is hungry. That was so good. I just got to get a little more. That was so awesome. I'm going to go ahead and get a whole nother plate. Y'all going to have that? I'm going to have yours too. It's for the hungry. The hungry. My God. (laughs) Only the hungry. We'll put a demand on the presence and power of God. Only the hungry will never stop crying out until they see the God of revival release revival fire over their lives. And then guess what they're going to do when they see it? They're going to go and start crying out for more. They're not going to wait. They're not going to wait till they get dry or thirsty or hungry. They're going to be like, here it is. More, Lord. More, Lord. That's what the hungry do. The hungry get and stay hungry for more. Hunger. The last thing we need to do to become and stay revival ready is honor. Honor. These are all important. Humility, hunger, and honor and where you see these characteristics consistently being built into a culture i came to tell you that revival is right behind them think about it the reason we as god's people need to be revived is because in some way we walked away from the source of life We got casual somewhere. We got complacent with Jesus. We treated him lightly. Maybe took him in his presence for granted. My God, people in the Old Testament could never even dream of making it past that veil into the holies of holies. But Jesus tore the veil, oh, from top to bottom. And we have access. We have access to the king at any time. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Thank you. But do we, if we're not careful, that familiarity can lead us to dishonor the king of the universe. Now watch, when you honor someone, you show approval, respect, celebrate, esteem, value, appreciate, thank, compliment, and attend to. There is no one more worthy than King Jesus. There is no one more deserving of all of the honor and glory and praise. There is no one better to celebrate no one of higher rank we could esteem no one greater that we could thank and none more worthy to devote our entire lives in service to than the lord jesus christ now honor is tied in with the fear of the lord and when honor and the fear of the lord come back to the people of god we want to please him again. We recognize how far we've fallen and recognize our great need that we still need Jesus more than we ever have before. It wasn't just a one-time thing when I said yes. When I was eight years old and that was the one time I needed Jesus, no. I need him now. I need him today. I need him in this situation. I need him in my life currently, not just sometime in the past. My ever-present help. Jesus. Jesus. Verse 14 goes on to say, and turn from their wicked ways. And turn 
from their wicked ways. When we actually fear God and honor him, we want to cry out for mercy and forgiveness. We want to get right with God. We actually want to repent from sin and run back to the foot of the cross we want to turn from our wicked ways and turn back to the one who died to save our souls that's why you always see such great repentance and returning before and during revivals because God's people are turning. They're turning from sin and they're coming back to Jesus in a deeper way. I said there's a deeper place of intimacy that Jesus is offering to his church right now. There's a deeper place of revelation from the throne room of God, but it is reserved for those who love and honor him. This is why you don't see people accidentally stumble into a revival. You don't see people accidentally stumble into a revival. Revival is very intentional. is very focused. It is all in. It's a coming to our senses and performing our only logical, reasonable form of worship. Laying down our very lives as a living sacrifice to our God and King. 1 Samuel 2.30 reveals a powerful and convicting truth right from God's mouth regarding this. This is what God said. He said, those who honor me, I will honor. Yep. Ooh. But those that despise me will be humbled. Those who are revival ready have made up their minds to honor the Lord. They forsake all else to run after the one thing that matters. They treat everything else like rubbish compared to being in the presence of the king. And they show honor to Jesus. And so Jesus turns around and honors them with his presence. They put God back in first place in their life. They honor him with their time. They submit to his lordship and let him rule and reign in them so he does. But watch, when an entire congregation of people all does this together, when they all decide that we're all going to go all in for Jesus with everything that we've got and bless him and worship him and exalt him and honor him above all else, there will be a response from heaven. I love how Apostle Jonas Clark summarized this principle of honoring the Lord in this way. He said the best way to honor God is by following his instruction. The best way to honor God is by following his instruction. Don't you love how he makes it so simple for us? He says, if you love me, do what I say. That's honor. And God responds to honor with honor, with favor, with blessing, with more of himself, with more of his presence. Come on, with revival. But when we refuse to listen to the Lord and do what he says, we actually dishonor him. We disrespect him and show how little our love for him really is. He actually uses a strong word. He says, despise. He says we, that we actually despise him and that he will then turn around and humble us. So we can either humble ourselves, like he said at the beginning, we can choose to humble ourselves in repentance and returning back to God, or God will oppose us in our pride and humble us himself. Just ask Pharaoh or King Nebuchadnezzar if the Lord is strong enough to, my, to humble the proud. 
God's not going to grace people with his presence if we don't truly love and honor him. Oh, but the ones that do, to the ones who've made up their minds, they're going to be focused and intentional and resolved to honor the Lord and to seek him first and listen and obey whatever he says. Those people should fully expect to see the manifest presence of God show up in their midst. Just ask the 120 in the upper room at Pentecost. The 120 at the upper room at Pentecost, they actually honor Jesus. How do we know? Because they actually listened and did what he said. They actually prayed and waited in the upper room for 10 days until they received the promise of the Holy Spirit. They weren't the only ones that got the instruction, but they were the only ones that honored the Lord and did it. There was 380 that dishonored the Lord, that disrespected his command, that did not treat his word like it was the eternal truth, like he was the Lord and could tell them what they could or couldn't do. And they said, take it or leave it. I'll do it or not if I feel like it. Ah, it's taking too long. It's uncomfortable. I don't like it. I'm out of here. I'm pulling the ripcord. Ooh, but there was 120. There was 120 that said, we honor you, Jesus. We will stay and wait until. We will pray and push until. And we'll do what you say until we get what you said. Oh, they bowed themselves low in humility. They recognized they couldn't do what Jesus called them to do in their own. They needed the helper. They needed to be clothed with power from on high. They needed the fire of the Holy Ghost to release revival in and through them. They were hungry for it. They shut out every other noise, every other distraction, every other competing appetite. And they all together went after the one thing as one, like nothing else mattered. And they didn't stop until they... They got it. Look throughout revival history. You will see the exact same pattern that made God's people revival ready. Humility, hunger, and honor. People coming back to Jesus. People crying out to Jesus. People seeing their greatest need and greatest desire is still and always will be more of Jesus. People actually willing to listen and honor the spirit of God. So today, we're going to cry out to Jesus with one mind and one accord. There's a deeper level of humility. There's a deeper level of hunger. There's a deeper level of honor that it's going to take to bust this thing wide open and usher in the next wave of glory. And in the name of Jesus, we will birth it forth in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, oh, we come before you today, oh, clothed in humility, clothed in humility, Jesus, we need you. Jesus, oh, help us. We need more of you, God. We need you like never before. Oh, God, there is a, ooh, shake, there is a mountain standing in the way. Oh, and on our own, we can't move it, but we need your help. We need your anointing. We need your authority. We need more of you, more of your presence, God, more of you, Jesus. Oh, come on. In your own words, just lay down and repent of any place of stubbornness. 
any place that wants to resist. Ah, Whenever the spirit wants to press on something or push on something, that place that wants to push back, that's what he's coming after today. Oh, Father, we lay down every place of pride, every place of stubbornness, every place of stiff-neckedness. In the name of Jesus. Oh, we humble ourselves, God. We humble ourselves before you. Oh, under your mighty hand, Jesus. Oh, we repent for trying to go our own way. We repent for trying to do what we just want to do. Oh, we repent, God. Oh, for tolerating compromise, for tolerating mixture. Oh, for tolerating complacency, for tolerating laziness, ah, we repent, God, for hearing your word time and time again, for reading your word and knowing what we need to do, but still refusing to do it. Oh, God, forgive us. Ah, forgive us, God. Oh, we turn to you. We turn from our wicked ways, our rebellion, our pride, our stubbornness, our flesh, our mixture. In the name of Jesus. Oh, we run back to you. We run back to our first love. Oh, we run back to the mercy seat. We run back to the throne of grace today. Oh, we thank you, God, for your mercy, for your mercy. For your mercy. Oh, come on. In your own words. Use your own words. Okay. He's changing hearts today. He's changing hearts today. He's changing hearts today. Father, I ask right now in the name of Jesus for a fresh impartation of the love of God. Oh, for a fresh impartation of the love of God. Oh, God, would you send a wave of your love, a wave of your love, a wave of your passion, a wave of your zeal, God. Oh, ignite our hearts again ignite our hearts again Jesus oh let us burn for you Jesus oh let us hunger and thirst for you Jesus not just with our mouths with our actions with our lives God oh make them one make our words and our actions one thing Make them the same thing, the same thing. Sheke teba sata ba yeke. Oh, sheke teba sate. Come on, he's coming after both. He's coming after both. Sheke teba ba sata ye. Oh, sheke teba seke. Oh, Jesus. Oh, help us rearrange our appetites. Help us have a deeper appetite for you. Oh, for every place that tries to resist more, more prayer, more worship, more word, more going to the house of God. I speak to that appetite. I speak to those taste buds. And I say, submit to the Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to the word of the Lord. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. Hunger and thirst for more of his presence. Crave his face. Demand him as a vital necessity today. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Come on, somebody needs to cry out until the passion comes back. Somebody needs to cry out until the zeal comes back. Do not leave here today without the fresh passion and zeal for the Lord. Zeal for the Lord. Zeal for the Lord. Consume us, Jesus. Consume us, Jesus. Every place. Every place. Every place. Every place. Oh, 
Come on, cry out for more. Cry out for more. Come on, this is a new season. This is a time. This is a time. It's not by no accident. It's not an accident. This is a time and a season to get things right. This is a time and a season. It doesn't matter if we think that we're good or we don't have anything. We bring it all to him again. We submit it all to him again. Take it all. Take it all. Search every place. Search every room. Come on. God doesn't just have access to a room. He has access to the full house. The full house. The full house. Come on. He didn't just come in the upper room. He filled the whole house. The whole house. Oh God, would you fill every house. Fill every house. Fill every house, God, with your fire. Fill every house with your wind. Oh, oh, with one mind and one accord. Oh, we've come to press and we've come to pull. Oh, on heaven. Oh, Jesus. Do it again. Do it again, God. We won't be content without your fire. We won't be content without your furious winds. We will not be content to live without revival. Oh, we recommit God to honor you, to honor you, oh, to honor you, Jesus. Oh, you are the King, you are the Lord. This is your church, this is your house, God. You have full reign. You have full authority, Jesus. Do what you want to do. Speak what you want to speak. Move how you need to move. We cast down every idol that has taken the honor. Let's do your name. Oh, we cast down every high thing. Oh, that's taken the honor that you are worthy of. Oh, we honor you. We respect you. We revere you. We celebrate you. We welcome you. Oh, we say yes. We say yes. We say yes to you. We say yes to you. We say yes to you. Oh, to everything you are. To everything you have. Yes to your will. Yes to your ways. Yes to your heart. Yes to your mind. Yes to your kingdom. Oh, we honor you, Jesus. We honor you, Holy Ghost. Oh, be pleased to dwell here. Be pleased to dwell here. Oh, be pleased to dwell in our midst. Okay, We build a habitation for you with our worship. We bring a dwelling place for you with our praise. Oh, we want more. We want more. We want more. We're hungry for more. Oh, we demand more. We will not leave without the more. 
Ura makoto bozoto bodo shata baise kesete. Hiena mashakata boshoko. Who shake it a baby baby shake? Who Oh, pour it out, Jesus. Pour it out, Jesus. Pour it out, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus! Oh, Shakata Baba Shatai.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you for the more, God. We thank you for the more. Oh, we thank you for the more. We thank you for not leaving us the same. For not leaving us the same. Oh, for taking us deeper, God. Oh, for taking us higher, Jesus. Oh, I thank you, God, that we go out of here today full, full of humility, full of hunger for more and full of honor for your name, Jesus. Seal the work, Jesus. Seal the work, Jesus. Oh, I thank you, God. Oh, that this week there will be a fresh empowerment from the Holy Spirit. A fresh empowerment of the Holy Spirit to walk it out, to walk it out, to walk it out. Every day, every day. Ooh, in the name of Jesus.